Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the privileged honor to have this individual on. I'm telling you, just just Kevin, the major Kevin Walton. I, I thank you for being on, ladies and gentlemen. And you know, we're, we're going to really have some real good talk. But before before we get into that, I need to let you know a little bit about him. So he's a super, he's a valued super connector and and a passionate leader in the defense logistic and aerospace uh, industries focused on disruptive thinking keep that in mind disruptive thinking there is a such thing and i want you to make sure you, you touch on that sir also he's in the change management and policy development right his, his priorities include connecting solutions to complex problems and developing people it, ladies and gentlemen just it, that's just piece of it of his bio and his intro but i want you to understand the importance of innovation and connecting with people you have to value them first and this individual here i'm telling you this major he's nothing shy of it ever since we had a conversation i realized you know what he gets it and you know what i mean by that there are individuals that don't get it they're there they're almost like decoys and it sucks because authentic being authentic you can see it's transparent. You can you can see that. And I, I'm, I'm glad to say, brother, I appreciate who you are, not just to the airmen, to m myself, but also to the to the Air Force. So welcome. Seriously, welcome. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate that. What an introduction. This is this is an awesome opportunity for me, too, just because I think it's a, a great thing to see the different ways we're getting our voices out there and listening to the lion's den, you know, it's, it's a, it's a great program and just being able to be another speaker with the esteemed group that you've had on here is, is a huge honor. So thank you. Oh man. The pleasure is all mine. The pleasure is all mine in the audience. Trust me. Cause we, we got some real good stuff to talk about. So let, let's talk about thinking different. Why is that important to you? So thinking different to me is so important because when you're, tackling problems and when we are going through the day-to-day -day life, it's so easy to just go through the motions and get things done. But what I find interesting is as I've grown as a leader, I've got people that are really focused on getting things done. And I feel like I owe it to them to find a better, smarter, faster, more effective, more efficient way to help them get things done. And especially if they have the capacity, the thought capacity and the bandwidth to come up with solutions. And it's on me as a leader to make sure that their voice is heard. They have an avenue of approach to, to control their part of the world. And, and we all, you know, we all have to focus on the things that we can control. And for me, I can control my slice of the air force pie and maybe I can try to step out a little bit and, and help other people. Uh, but that's really all, all I, I want to be able to do is help other people, but thinking differently, you just look at things and, and, know that the way they are isn't the way they always have to be the way they've always been isn't the way they have to be in the future the next step that we take is our choice to take i can choose to take a step forward or i can choose to take a step to the side or i can choose to take a step to, to the rear and i will always do my best to step forward in a in a new and positive direction awesome awesome listen ladies and gentlemen he just gave you the blueprint <laughs> 
the blueprint of thinking different and being okay with it. And, sir, in your own words, explain to me what you think it takes to be okay to think differently. What do you think it takes? Like, what, what, what's the molecular structure, if you will, that it takes? You, you get what I mean, right? You do. Because do. Not, not everybody has it, but it's certain things you need to, you know, kind of adopt. So can you speak on that? Yeah, I can. And, you know, for a long time, I struggled with it because uh, the way I'm wired has always not been in line with your typical aircraft maintenance officer, your typical Air Force person. I've been wired uh, I, from birth wired a different way and I've tried to fight it uh, for a long time in my career. I'm, I'm 16 years in and for a long time I tried to, to conform and to to kind of be someone that I wasn't comfortable being and then at a certain point it just snapped in my head with with certain leadership that I've had along the way and they and they've made me realize that it is absolutely okay to be me and for those out there who are who are wanting to um, attack things with a different lens and, and help organizations and not just do your day job, but be part of the coalition of the willing. It's something that you kind of got to let snap in your brain and then just accept the fact that you are different. And that is okay. It is completely okay to um, just see things through a different lens. Um, now, when we're in organizations, we're not always going to be able to do that. And sometimes we need to see the others that have the power to do that. And we need to empower those folks. And so uh, for me to think differently at this point, like I said, 16 years in, it's not about me anymore. I've got four years left to make a huge difference on the inside, but the way I'll make the biggest difference is connecting with your audience, with folks that are a part of that coalition that are willing, the tech sergeants, the senior airmen, the lieutenants, the colonels, the generals, whomever, everybody has the power for good. Everybody has the ability, everybody has the ability to think different. You just have to accept that, um, you're different is not always um, something that people are going to go, man, I really like that. Sometimes you're going to rub people the wrong way. And again, that's completely okay. Be self-aware. And that's where you and I have talked about emotional intelligence. That is where emotional intelligence is so important for those who we lead, for ourselves personally, and those who lead us. And if we have people that struggle with that ability to see those things in each other, then we have to help raise them up and bring them up to a level to to really um, understand what it is that we're trying to do because nothing that any of us ever do in the military or in life in general is malicious. We're always trying to do the right thing. But, um, you know, thinking different, being different, being comfortable with that, um, there's a time and a place for it, right? And sometimes you have leadership that isn't able to, to process or you have followers who aren't able to process the way you think. And sometimes... For me personally, it's hard for me to explain it. And I'm <laughs> right. rambling a little bit on your on, on your show right now because of that. But um does that make sense? No, no, it makes perfect sense. And you hit on so many good points. And one of the things that stood out is being okay with being who you are. So what I would like to ask you was how did you feel when you finally said, Hold on, I'm Kevin. This is Kevin, Kevin, like for real. This isn't just a facade. This isn't just a major. This isn't, you know, you're not singing and tooting, you know, Air Force. You love it. Don't get me wrong, because as I see it in your bio, you love what you do. But when was it and how did you feel when you said, hold on, I'm going to utilize what I have to be authentic? So, yeah, when did that happen and how did you feel when that happened? 
Um, it probably happened in my last assignment when I had a group of air mobility or uh, air mobility operations group commander come in, and I got to see kind of the energy that she carried with her and her absolute authenticity. You talk about authenticity. Her authenticity, uh, Vicki Ellison, Colonel Ellison, now retired, but um, just the way she was empowering me, she started that whole uh, she started the whole movement of, of me feeling as though I was valued in an organization. And that carries a lot of weight when Yo. you can feel valued. <laughs> yes, I was just going to ask you. I promise and, you, I was going to ask you that being valued. Like, how important was that? Yeah. And that's when your world changes. When you feel valued, when you feel like your voice carries weight, um, and then coming to the Air Mobility Command staff and having leaders like uh, Colonel Ray and now Colonel Bland and with General Blameyer and with General Hawkins and with now General Gibbs, all of those leaders looking at me and seeing me as, as the unique talent that I am as a connector, as somebody that loves being people's phone a friend, that loves being involved, that loves stepping up in worlds that maybe he doesn't belong in, but is willing to learn every single day and bring the best I can because, again, at the core of what I want, it's to drive value into the lives of our airmen. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to taking that opportunity with me when I go take command. Um, get to go down to Saudi Arabia here in a, in a few days, uh, get there and, and just try to drive that same value into airmen in a whole different world. It's been a little while since I've been operational, you know, three years on staff, you can lose a, a step or two. But, you know, if you put your faith in the hands of your airmen, you'll always succeed. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And you know what? I believe that they're in great hands no matter what just because of your energy and just being authentic that's that's awesome that's awesome you said some other things that um that ties into being valued and so what will you challenge yourself when you go down range with like so you're going to obviously you haven't been operational like you said in about three years but what do you think is going to be your uh i guess your biggest hiccup or your biggest, <laughs> my biggest challenge hiccup is going to be the one that's chased me my entire career. What's I am that? not the most technically savvy person on planet Earth. Um, digitally savvy, maybe, but not technically savvy. So these very complex machines that our airmen take care of and, and, and maintain, um, that luckily, as a commander, I get to go, and my priority is the people. I have operations staff that take care of the operations. So I'm hoping that uh, you know the team that's coming together I've, I've talked to them on the phone and we, we've been sharing texts and we're all excited and they've asked me, you know, what their line to color is. And my intent is when I get there to very clearly articulate what it is that I need from the team, where it is that I fall short. And that's one of the things that people will know very early. And it's not because I want to show weakness. It's not a matter of weakness. It's a matter of confidence that um, I have people there that can, that can pick up the pieces that I may not be able to pick up. And I will, I will trust them. And they need to know that trust is, is two ways. And um, the earlier we, we all come to that same conclusion, hopefully they are able to feed good information. And, you know, uh, in the maintenance world, we have a lot of meetings. I just want to go to meetings prepared. I want to make sure that I give the information that's needed to senior leadership to make the right decisions for our, uh, for our force and to, to project that hope and freedom that, you know, we're in place to do. Yes. And you, you said in just just being there, being able to learn, willing to learn and to be authentic enough to say, hey, 
I'm not good in this area. However, I'm trusting you. So we've talked a little bit about that, the speed of trust and the importance of trust. How valuable do you think that is when it comes to innovation? So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just uh, tuning in, I have the magnificent major Kevin Walton on and we're talking about innovation, but not just innovation, but thinking different because you may not have to create or recreate something or reinvent the wheel because it's already been invented, but it's all about you putting your own air in a tire, if that makes sense. How do you put your own spin in it, right? So so that, that question, sir, as far as trust, how do you marry trust and innovation together, especially about to be a commander? So I'll give you a story because that's the best way to, to tell anything. Right on, and yeah. With, with innovation, the thing that I've come to the conclusion of is innovation starts with ideation. Ideation is the core of what it is that somebody wants to change in their organization. And everybody says, I have an idea. Um, and that idea then starts getting pieces of marketing tailored in, some data tailored in. And, and then you have the structured innovation that you can then figure out how to sell and um, once you learn how to sell, then you get yourself a champion. And once you have yourself a champion, then you can start showing some return on investment. And all of those key linkages, they start building trust. You start realizing who it is that's not just talking, not just saying the pretty things, but doing as well as saying the right things. Um, there, we use innovation very liberally at this point in the Air Force. Uh, there is a coalition of the willing that I know for a fact are out there. Uh, your Daniel Holters, you know, he's he's t started Project Agitator. Y'all talk to him. Uh, that young man, as a tech sergeant, again, oh, you're not limited kidding. by your rank. You're no. not limited by your position. You're not limited by whatever it is that you may think is holding you back. You, we are the ones that generate that trust with our leadership and with our subordinates. Because again, trust is something that you have to have at every level. So it's your subordinates, your peers and your supervisors. And when you come to the table with a good idea and you follow through and you're able to show that not only can you take an ideation through into innovation, into that marketing phase and then getting that champion, but then people are gonna start believing that you have the connection, you have the ability, you have the, the desire, and they're gonna to continue to come to you with, hey, did you think about this? Hey, did you think about this? And that's kind of where I'm at right now in my life. And it's why I find so much value in this conversation is because when I get emails from AFWorks saying, hey, what about this? Or from Tesseract saying, hey, what about this? For those who aren't, aren't familiar, Tesseract is a new organization that is standing up in the logistics community that's trying to create connective tissue amongst our different uh, logistics uh, strategic imperatives and all of the different innovations that are out there. And it is so cool to be able to connect those organizations with the AFWorks organizations with the Phoenix Spark organizations that are at our wings thinking different, you know, these, these organizations that have put leaders in, in place. And I say leaders, it's not just officers, it's also our NCOs and our civilians, but everyone um, that is part of that coalition of the willing. And um, the more we produce, the more we're going to be asked to do. And that's kind of the way life is. Wow, man, that's it. That's it. That's the bottom line. And, you know, I heard my favorite uh, phrase. You know, you said it, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. The connected tissue. 
Oh, that's there it is. So go ahead. Yeah. So so elaborate. What is that to you? Okay, so in our Air Force, in our Department of Defense, in our world, there you go. Look at you. Their, <laughs> has their has their stovepipes. Everybody has their fiefdom. Everybody has their stuff that's valuable to them, and that they will. We that this is mine. This is mine. This is my organization's. And when we start breaking those individualistic thoughts down and look more collectivistic at the greater good and are able to start streamlining the, the stovepipes into having that connective tissue, that, that ability to synergize and utilize similar resources. This is about when you go to your boss and you say, hey, I want to do this. Well, I don't have money for that. Why don't you have money for that? We don't have money for that because we have so many people working on the same thing in different places, getting after the same idea, the same innovations, the same, they're even working with the same companies, but they're in different stages. What if we had the ability to link those into one unified clear voice that drives a specific requirement, and then we can create, we can influence our leadership to change their strategic imperatives to align to the things that we value as a future, looking at things like flight line of the future, looking at things like the uh, aerial, uh, air, air enterprise, uh, delivery next, Aiden, there are so many different things. Security forces looking at how to redo their um, their base posturing, and the supply chain. If we are all getting together, sharing these ideas, linking our ideas, we're going to be able to consolidate resources and truly get after big change. Otherwise, we're going to continue to go to our boss and ask for stuff and and find out that we just don't have the resources. And I promise you. I absolute promise anybody that's listening to this, if you take a minute and go back into your organization and then go lateral, if you're at a, at a supply chain squadron, look at your sister supply chain squadron. If you're at a wing, if you're in the OSS, go over to the MXS. I will almost guarantee you that our airmen are talking about the same style changes and we're diverging our resources as opposed to converging them, creating this incredible power for good. And, we on the A44 are working hard and unifying our voice so that when we go to the table and ask for resources, it's not maintenance, it's not logistics, it's not civil engineering, it's not security forces, it is A4. It is one voice going to our partners in A3 and saying, this is what we need, or in, you know, to any organization. And not only that, but as a maintainer, I should be looking at what the A3 community is looking at and saying, this is why this is important to our community, not the 135 or the 130 or the F-16 or the, it is, we, we can align those thoughts and really get after big change as long as we can leave some of our ego at the door. And Man, that's one of the hardest some things. of it leave that whole shit at the door. I mean, because exactly. you think about it, there's so much that we. To your point, there's so many things that we could have done years ago, but it's the ego, brother. Is it and 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 saying, well, this is mine. Our squadron did this. We came up with this. But why are we diversifying thoughts? You, you get what I mean? Why are we doing that? Or or resources, to your point, why are we doing that? Because just like you said, I'm sure me being CE by trade, I guarantee you there is the same thing that we're dealing with, either the uh, another CE squadron ha- is dealing with or they've solved. 
Mm-hmm. You, you get what I mean? So yeah. why can't we cross connect? I mean, we're in the same career field for God's sakes. Like what, what's really going on? Why are we? Yeah, but that was yeah. it. <laughs> but, but, but you feel me though, right? Because that's that connected tissue. We, we, we lack that. But yeah. in my opinion, this is just my humble opinion. We put, we talk out of both sides of our mouths. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're brother in arms, brother, sister in arms. But when it comes down to the greater good, how do we uh, reinforce our force? Then, you know, mom's the word. We're like, yeah, we don't know if we want to do that. You know, why, why do you think that is? You promote what you value. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. If we as airmen are seeing certain people get promoted and they're doing certain things, we want to emulate that behavior. That is one of our biggest challenges is how do we as an Air Force promote what we value if we truly value truly value ourselves, mm-hmm. if we truly value excellence in all we do, if we truly value integrity first, then we're going to promote people who demonstrate those behaviors. And, you know, our, our chief master in the Air Force is in freaking credible and his message is very clear. Their Goldfiend's message is very clear. They value those things and they're doing their darndest. But our leadership from senior NCO up through the officers, when we are faced with the opportunity to develop our people, we have got to develop that which we value. And if we can do that, we will shift the culture of this organization and we will start seeing behavior change. Once you shift the culture, the behavior starts to change because then you're treating, you're, you're, you're teaching people a different way of being as opposed to having, there's nothing wrong with competition. Life is built on competition. Capitalism is all about competition. We are, you know, as Americans, we're individualistic. I bring that up again. We, we are always looking out for us and our families, but at the core of what we are doing as a profession of arms, we have to project our ability to execute the mission. And to do that, we have to get out of our own ways because the way we're doing it now is the way we've been doing it since the 70s, since the 60s. And times have changed. We are in a digital era, and we're just now talking about digital transformation. Just now. We've got to expedite that. Isn't this ridiculous? Ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. And, and, and again, this is my thoughts. Why did it have to take such a tragic? Why did it have to take something this monumental to now forward think? Okay. I'm serious. This is just me. Like, look, I was born that night, not last night. Like, what the hell? We are well, so behind times when in, in certain things. What's your thoughts about that? Well, to me, again, it's very simple, burning platforms. In order to generate great change, you have to have a burning platform. And 9-11 created an incredible burning platform, and we made some incredible changes there. COVID-19 is an incredible burning platform. And now you see the importance of our digital connectivity, of our ability to have that connective tissue in our own organizations, which we found as a huge challenge. But we overcame it so fast. We trusted Zoom. We trusted Mattermost. We trusted every platform we can get our hands on until people were telling us why we shouldn't use this, why we shouldn't use that. And what I'll tell you is that our airmen coders are an incredible, incredible resource. And the push that we're, we're driving to create these digital airmen is so important because my Kevin's philosophy is those who don't understand AI and machine learning are going to be replaced by people who do. Hey, understand AI exactly. and machine learning. 
I'm telling you, isn't this like the blockbuster and uh, Redbox effect? It's happening right in our face. And then Netflix, same thing mm-hmm. with Kodak and, and, and whatever else. I mean, you know, digital cameras, it's happening right now. And so you can either get on the bus or get left behind. Or build a new bus. Hey, there you go. Build a new bus. Or, and not just that, you either are going to be in the way and you're going to get ran over. You get what I mean? Because that's archaic thinking. If yeah. everything around you is changing, don't you think it's it's time? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? The bus I'm building, it's going to have floaties on it. It's going to have wings. It's exactly. going to be able to do it. It's a one, one shoot fits all. And we're going to be able to really move. Our organization, now you talk about buses, and I know we'll talk a little bit about reading, but I got to bring up the energy bus here. There you go. Yep. Easy of a segue. Mm-hmm. But um, you talk, you asked me when my mind kind of shifted into accepting kind of who I am and how I am. And I'll tell you, John Gordon wrote a book called The Energy Bus. I got my hands on it. I was. It was a funny story. It was one of those days that you could easily let absolutely drive you bananas. My wife called me and her van had caught a tire. And I was like, son of a monkey. We had just replaced the front end of the vehicle. Now we caught a tire in the vehicle and you're just looking at it and you're going, okay, this is frustrating. I dropped the car off at the shop. I went over to Barnes and Noble. I picked up the energy bus. I read half that flipping book waiting for my, my wife's car. By the time I was done with the, you get halfway through the book, I went home, I finished reading that book and it absolutely changed my perspective on things about the power of positivity. And it's not the power of happiness because, you know, we're never going to make everybody happy, but we as leaders, we as people, we as good human beings can always drive a positive bus. And the energy bus is about you looking at who you have in your life. And we have, we have the power of choice. Everything we have is the power of choice. I I mentioned this on, on another uh, podcast I was on, but we all have, this very e- easy equation in our life, it's E, the event, plus R, your reaction, equals O, the outcome. An event plus your reaction is the outcome. The only thing you control in that is your reaction. So how are you driving your bus? What are you doing to make sure you have the right people on your bus as, you, as you're driving down the road of life? You have to make sure that as you work within your personal and professional life, you make the choice to be the chief energy officer in your organization and you bring that positive energy because what's going to end up happening is if you can bring and project that energy, you're going to, again, change culture of the organization that you're in. People are going to see you and they're either going to think you're freaking crazy. Hello. I've been, I, I, I <laughs> you've been that guy. <laughs> Me too. I've been that guy. <laughs> and what's so funny is, you know, I take every piece of feedback I get and I try to learn from it. And I've been told that I come across as disingenuous because I'm always turning a negative into a positive and i've been told it's a facade i've been told that you know you can't you can't always be happy no i'm not always happy i i have emotions but i always turn them positive because i have the power of choice there and um and you know i choose positivity and uh, so you know at at the moment of reading that you know i was like you know what this is my bus this is my bus to drive and i'm gonna be the positive force in my organization help people kind of find their own path towards that positivity. Wow. Wow. That's, that's good. That is good. The energy bus and say it one more time by who 
John Gordon. John Gordon, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, please check that out. And 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 if you're just tuning in, we're talking about thinking different, and it, it goes, it surpasses everything that you may know. It's being okay with you and wanting to learn more. That's okay, and not having a limited view on reality, a limited view on reality. And, and again, reality is, is, is subjective, but at the end of the day, you can't, you, you, you have to be okay with it. And part of that is a driving that energy bus, the positive energy bus. And then I would also like to add that bus can be a negative night train. Cause if you think about it, that, that energy positive or negative can influence a culture, a, a unit is, it's contagious, you know, it's contagious. Like, how do you deal with those those negative Nancy's because I know they're everywhere. I mean, we see them all the time. How do you deal with that? Is it draining to you? John calls them energy vampires. Yeah. You know what? I haven't look. So I haven't read that, but I had a show a couple of weeks. So yeah, a couple of weeks ago talking about spiritual vampires and that's what they do. They, they're there to drain you. But the funny thing is I just, you know, kind of threw this in there. How does a vampire come into your home? You have to invite them in. You have to let it. You have to let them get on your bus. Yeah, you let them be on your bus. That's right. (laughs) We've we've got and and here's the thing: we can't kick everybody off the bus. We can't say you're a bad person, get off my bus, because we're in the military. We we have certain restrictions on how we build our teams. But what I can tell you is that you can you can be the change you want to see in that person. You can give them unending love unending energy of positivity and at every step if they want to be negative that's fine at a certain point people are who they choose to be now that's not to say i understand medical diagnoses and everything else and i know that there's some blood chemistry things that can happen to somebody i'm not saying that life is easy i'm not saying it at all but what i can say is that we can be there for each other and if there is an energy vampire on your team the most important thing is know who it is Talk to them regularly. If they don't want to get on board, help them out. And sometimes you have to help them out. Hey, I was just going to say that. (laughs) And you know what? It pains me because everybody who raises their right hand and and chooses to serve the country deserves the benefit of the doubt because we are in a very tough business. Every day is tough. Now it's a different, different, it's a different type of tough for every different organization. But the bottom line is people volunteer to be where they're at. And if this vocation doesn't work for them, then they need to find a different vocation. But if I was in the civilian sector, my goal is to always understand my team and then help help build the right atmosphere for everyone to thrive, not be happy, to thrive. To thrive. Again, mm-hmm. we can't create happiness. What we can do is make sure that people have their basic needs met. We can make sure that they have a positive working environment and, that, and we can make sure that they feel valued. I was I'm glad you said that. You're absolutely right. That is the equation to a great organization to the point where it doesn't feel like work anymore. It feels like a more like a calling, if that makes sense. And I believe that um, we should be able, especially being in our our positions in, in the military, senior and CEO officers, CGOs, we need to be able to create the environment that we get the best version of that person. Right. You, you, you get what I'm saying? We have to do that. We have to do that by removing what we think they should do. Find out what they can do 
instead of telling them what is the difference between conforming and committing. Yes. I'd rather have a team of individuals that are com- that's committed to let's get this done together the best way you can and the only way that you can. You know, what was your thoughts on that? Yeah. So talent acquisition and talent retention is something that is on my mind and I spend a lot of time thinking about. And I firmly believe that the United States Air Force, from a maintenance perspective, should be the premier organization that people choose to come to. They fight to get into. And then we treat them with respect and we give them clear guidance on what it is that they're going to have to do. Maintenance isn't easy. Security forces isn't easy. CE isn't easy. Our jobs, will they're not easy, but we can make life a little bit more predictable, even if it's just communicating clearly that today, I don't know what's going to happen after 12 o'clock, but at 4 o'clock, you're going home. You're going to go home to your family because whatever happens after 4, you know, it'll be there tomorrow morning. Creating clear understanding of shift schedules, making pe- making sure that people understand that it's important to go to their daughter's recital or their son's baseball game or their wife's whatever, you know, her Tupperware party. All of these things, as a leader, I want to make sure that I make them a priority so that people see that it's okay to make them priorities. That is one of the ways that we drive value is making sure the the, the tripod of our lives between spiritual uh, physical and emotional are met, you know, I can't help people's spiritual needs at work per se. Now we can make the chaplains available. We can, you know, give them some time in the morning for reflection time and everything. And I think that's important, but we as leaders have to create an organization of acceptance that gives people the, the, the knowledge that it's okay for them to have to need those things, need to go to mental health, have a psychiatrist that they go and see on a regular and say, Hey, I just need to talk to somebody. Or maybe you're, you are this, that person for someone else. And that's okay. We having an organization where the right things are valued. And then we promote those who are exhibiting what it is that we want valued that's key. And that's why I kind of like, and I'm going to completely jump topics here on you, but that's why I like this new promotion system in a way is because commanders have been given the power to not necessarily promote the number one guy or gal that's out there doing all the big sales and the, and the, um, the, the different events and going to all the school, but they're the person that comes to work. They grind day in and day out. They go home and they take care of their families and, we now have the ability to maybe give them a promote now or must promote. And I think as this system continues to mature and we continue to start promoting those that are the right people to promote, not necessarily the, the Mr. and Mrs. Air Force. We want those people. They will get promoted. They will. But showing some love to the hard grinders that are out there just executing the mission and not doing it because they want accolades and, and glory. They're doing it because it's the right thing to do and because they love their country and because they want to provide for their family. Let's promote, let, let's, let's give them some love. If that makes sense. No, oh, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad you went there too, because it comes, it comes down to, it goes back. I'm sorry. It goes back to the value. And if our value is, the uh, service and also the people the, uh, that's the most the, the most important resource of the air force is people okay so you have to be able to take care of people and give individuals the opportunity like you said to thrive and so you can't create this cookie cut 
Mr. or Mrs. Air Force because no one is going to fit into that, right? We're a rainbow, we're a coalition of different individuals. So with that being said, there should be different lanes that individuals can uh, go down in order to get the same result if that is what they want, if they want to get promoted. Can I be a hard charger at my work next to an individual that's a hard charger, let's say, uh, you know, different accolades, are we compare not necessarily comparable, but can I compete, you know, and would I get a fair shake, you know? Yeah. And, and you mentioned something that's important to me too. And that's the power of choice in your career. Some people don't want to do the desk job, master sergeant, senior master sergeant stuff. Some people are really comfortable in where they're at as, as tech sergeants. And they're really, really really good at it. And we as leaders continually want to push people like that and say, Hey, you, you know, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family to continue to seek more. But I think it's okay to step back and go, you're really good at being a tech sergeant. Maybe we just need to be able to pay them more as tech sergeants with the skills that they have. And I know this is not anything in the, in the lane of the topics that we were talking about, but no, but it's still innovation people. though. I mean, it's still, but if you think about it, it's innovation and, and, and it's, it's a way of looking at how we build people. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That is so let's it. create that technical track where you have a tech sergeant who has incredible skills on three weapon systems and they're getting extra pay for every weapon system that they have skill in. And then if they have certain critical critical skills, maybe they get a bump for that too for, for their specialties. I'm sure that the other organizations, our other AFSCs can, can look at that and go, man, that makes a lot of sense. And then celebrate those who are on the technical track and those are, are on the leadership track. And that's the, yeah. Officers as well. Yeah, absolutely right. Because think about it. They do it for link. Mm-hmm. Right. Linguist doctors. Uh, I mean, th- there are people that you know that they are really special, really good at what they're doing. That's right. And there's nothing wrong with having that that cop who is mm-hmm. just a really good investigatory cop. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with somebody who's a really good dirt boy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just really, really good at getting crap done at that level. Let's let's let them stay as a tech sergeant, not not make them, you know, put them on the leadership track and let's let them be the example for the future workforce and and pay them a little bit more because they deserve it. And, and, and I agree. And I agree. And I would rather and I would rather entertain the idea of seeing what that individual, that engineer or that technical individual is bringing to the force mm-hmm. and weighing that versus, OK, you only have X amount of years in order to make this next rank. If not, you're gone. So I do appreciate the change as far as tech uh, staff sergeants can now retire again. That's how it used to be a long time ago. But with that being said, hey, this person is really doing what they have to do. And maybe the extra rank is not their motivation. I do know individuals that avoid it avoided they studied to not make it it because they did not like the track because you they can see the writing on the wall okay i'm i'm a worker right now i love what i do once i make rank i'm going to be a supervisor that's okay but then once i make another rank now i'm i'm going to be running the shop so you and i both know the more rank you have the less time you have for yourself yes and 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 the less time you have to you know hone in on your craft you see, because now you're taking care of people. Not everybody is a people person and don't want that. 
Or they're they're good at training people, but they're not good at leading people, there and that's go. an important difference that we need to look at in our in our in our uh, talent management system. Is those who are really good at training them? Let's celebrate that. Let's reward people that are good at bringing up the next generation. Maybe they aren't great leaders, and that's okay. Maybe they have some flaws, and uh, you know, maybe I, I don't know where their flaws would be, but. Um, Let's let those who enjoy teaching teach. Let's let those who enjoy doing do. And then those who have shown aptitude, you're going to have some of those that are really comfortable as, as a tech starter worker bee, but they show that aptitude and we need to push them. And, and that's okay too. But they have the power of choice. And, and that is something I think will drive value into our, our talent management system. And, you know, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit more about, so you got me on a little bit of a soapbox how can we improve our talent management system from accessions in through to the time they retire, right? Cradle to grave. And Kevin's opinion is by injecting emotional intelligence and some batteries that kind of help you understand who you are and how you fit in teams. We're getting a little bit better at that, but how, how you are and how you fit in teams, let's put that into an algorithm and let that follow you through your career. So that as I give you certain opportunities at bases, I'm plugging you into a team where you're going to be the strength and you as a airman can play to your strengths and not have to mask your weaknesses or have to work on your weaknesses because the more I work on my weaknesses, the more I work on my attention to detail, the less I'm able to think 20 years in the, down the line. And that, so there, there's another weakness for me is my attention to detail. I get it. I, I miss eyes and I, and I don't always cross my T's, right? I miss the dots on the eyes. Don't always cross my T's. But if you ask me what my thoughts are about where we're going to be five to 10 years from now, I promise you that my brain is spinning towards that and probably has a couple of different lines of thought. But with our, with our human capital, the way we manage our human capital, we could absolutely change the game because I could put somebody who is a green, you know, our colors, right? We could put a green and a red together and a green and a blue together. And, and, or we can create these teams where different personalities, diversity of thought is celebrated because each of those different entities brings a certain skill and they play to their strengths not work on their weaknesses your team is more effective you're building something that people come into and automatically feel more valued because they walk in and have a purpose sorry that was uh but, that, but, but so you important. got to understand no that was perfect that was perfect and this is what we do this is what we're supposed to do have this real talk because you never know who's listening and i am so blessed to be able to have damn near 5000 individuals that listens to the lions den and also other you know platforms but that makes so much sense so yeah. much sense let's say hey i do want this career field but based off of who i am and then not just that so keep in mind there's individuals that learn who they are as they go along in the military all right right same here but the thing is but just we'll just you know think about this let's say we had that assessment 10 years ago 16 years ago 20 years ago like wow you know what okay i do like this and if i can do this job it this way let me see how this would feel and now to your point now i feel valued like i'm really able to do my job that's in line with who i am wow you eliminate so much uncertainty and we are creating a level of comfort that will drive, again, retention. To me, an important factor, how do I keep people around? How do I keep people wanting to come into work? How do I make people want to come to work and then feel valued and want to be a positive contributing member of the team? Not happy. We're not going to make everybody happy. Sometimes we got to work 12s, man. We just got to do it. But 
if I can tell you why you're working 12s. Yeah. And I can tell you next this week that next week we have to work 12s and not call you the day before and say, hey, uh, I need you to come in. I need you to come in not only early, but we're going to be here all day. Right. Um, that that is That is powerful. But when we give – when we create these tools and we give them to our leadership teams, we're going to be able to create more emotionally intelligent leaders, which I think is important because as you get an entity, you're going to go, man, this guy's really not good at this, or this girl's really not good at this. But instead of thinking about what they're not good at, you're going to have this battery that tells you what they're good at. And then you can go, well, I kind of, at a certain point, we have to accept people's weaknesses have and we to. have to be okay with being okay yes. at certain things. Yes. And some things we're great at. Everybody has a talent. Everybody yes. has a skill. I don't care what anybody thinks about themselves. I promise you, if you're listening to this, there is something about you that's special. Yes. How are you maximizing that every day? How are you able to tap into that feeling and that, that capability and really bring that to your team? Are you able to bring that to your team? Because I hope that, you're you go back and you think and you go man you know i wish i could do this stop wishing start doing hey and that's what i was gonna say the thing is is if you're not doing it why right why Who's holding you back right. are you holding you back see that's what i'm talking about so even i mean we're talking about innovation but we're talking about life in general and i think that if individuals are are just okay with being who they are, then it, it, they will give themselves permission to be great. Yeah. You know, and then we will hopefully create a culture that is accepting of people, both strengths and weaknesses, because we know what their strengths and weaknesses are. They know what their strengths and weaknesses are. If they want to hone a weakness, if they, if they don't want to have that as a weakness and they want to focus on it, then fine. But here's the consequences of that. If you want to be that shining superstar and be Mr. and Mrs. Perfect, um, number one, you, you're not going to get there. And I'm sorry. Uh, that, that's just a fact. You're, you're going to use a lot of your bandwidth and your, your thought capacity at, at, at trying to control things you cannot control. If you're especially good at something, be especially good at something and then make sure your boss knows and your subordinates know what you're good at. And then make sure that they know what you're not good at. Like we were talking earlier, it's okay to ask for help. Yes. It doesn't matter. My, it, I love it when my Colonel comes to me and he says, Kevin, you're a connector. I, I need, I need help with this. Can you connect me with this? I'm like, Heck yeah. That, Cause then my boss just made me feel valued because he knows my special skill set, my, my special talent. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I like to, somebody asked me, it was actually, uh, three weeks ago, I was prepping for a, a chat with somebody and they asked me what my superpower was. And this is a great interview question, right? People love talking about people's superpower. Uh, what's your superpower? Well, I want to fly. Well, I want to be, blah, blah, blah. I and, and it's kind of ironic because one of my great mentors, uh, he actually looks a lot like Professor Xavier. But I have the, the ability of walking into Cerebrum and putting on the, the big hat and seeing the mutants in the world and, and doing my darndest to connect them to a system that helps, helps bring them up. You know, Professor Xavier had the School of the Gifted. Well, he reached out into the world and was continuing to find people in the Coalition of the Willing and bringing them in and helping them find themselves and then find their way in the world. And if there's one thing that I would love to have as a superpower, it's that. You know what? I would like to say you already have it. <laughs> you already have it. The unfortunate part is the powers that be don't realize it. But what I do believe is that that's not going to stop you. 
No. It's not because it's it's part of your smile, if you will, right? It's, it's who you are. And if you're able to do that and watch the synergy that happens just by you saying, hey, I know what you like and I know somebody that like the same thing you like. And the best thing to do is to get you with him and him with you and watch you watch you guys work. And you can step back and just sit there and say, yeah, I did nothing but put them together. That is awesome. You get what I mean? Just something like that. So, you know what? Let me ask you this question, too, before we wrap up. But where are you in your life right now? We talked a little bit about this, but what is it that you know and that you are okay with right now? So where are you at in your life? your peace. So I've got 16 years in the military. I got four years left and I have an option to stay an extra four years. I've got a family, I got a wife, three kids. They're absolutely number one priority. As, as you can imagine, as everybody hopefully listening knows that family is forever. The military is an incredible blessing, something that I've been very fortunate to get to do. Um, you know, John Gordon talks a lot about waking up and looking at what you get to do, not what you have to do. Again, it's mindset, right? And for me, I get to do this life with my wonderful wife, with my three kids, and I get to go to AMC. I'm getting ready to go and be a squadron commander for the first time at a location where I get to be one of the very first people there as a, as a maintenance leader. I'm actually helping build the patch. I'm building the squadron coin. I'm building the relationships that are hopefully going to forge a future for that, or, for that organization that are enduring and create a level of stability that just is is hard to have in a in a uh, constantly changing environment but um, where I'm at in my life right now I know I know that you know every leader has three things right every leader has three things that are that are value and, and priority to them mine is people process and passion and um, you know people absolutely as a commander that I I can't turn aircraft I can't build bombs I physically I, I can do those things but if i'm out there doing it the world is in a very weird place um but what i can do is i can make sure that that airman out there on the flight line doesn't have distractions that that i can control that they have the resources the tools the techniques the procedures the the um the voice to really impact their organization so you know people are the number one thing process is everything. You know, if we have a solid process to follow, if we're constantly looking at those processes and making them better, um, then things are repeatable and life has to be repeatable, especially for, um, reducing conflict and reducing, um, uncertainty and, and chaos. You have to have that level of certainty and then passion. Everything for me is bringing that positivity, that energy. Um, if we can all bring a little bit of positive energy with us, um, you know, that's, it just makes life better. If the situation is going to suck, let's all look at each other and say, man, this is going to suck, but we're going to have a freaking blast with a sucking. We're going to figure out a way. We're going to, we're going to do something. We're going to free and create tight ropes out of, uh, out of 550 cord and, and go on an expedition. I don't know what we'll be able to get away with, but, uh, I can tell you that it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty in my life right now with this deployment with, um, you know, being away. I, I last time I, Employed was 10 years ago with my kids uh, not being born yet and being a freshly married uh, dude. So uh, a lot of uncertainty with what happens after the deployment. What am I going to do with the rest of my Air Force career? Um, but I promise you this, the chapters, I'm going to be a part of writing them, but I'm going to enjoy reading the pages. And like I said earlier, I have I have choices and my, my, I choose to continue putting one foot in front of the other and finding, forging a path for me and my family and for my airmen 
that is both positive and uh, we increase the the effectiveness and the efficiency of uh, everything we touch. Wow, man, that's awesome. And if you had one message to Airmen as far as innovation and thinking different, what would it be? Okay, so it's kind of bridging a lot of what we talked about today, but this is my message to anybody that wants to hear. It's you are enough. Your ideas are enough. Your work is enough. Your relationship efforts are enough. You have to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, you're going to have a hard time getting anybody else to believe in you. And that goes into the innovation sphere. It goes into every sphere of our lives. Um, you are enough. And that is, is something that I tell a lot of people that, that come to me with their, with, with, with um, any kind of challenges. And I hope that it helps them the way it's helped me. Um, you know, I love helping airmen. I love what we get to do in the military. I love what we get to do in life. The way we represent a section of our American culture. But um, if I could, if I could tell everyone something, it's you are enough, believe in yourself, take chances, take challenges and turn them into opportunities. And then uh, don't be afraid of the hard work because nothing is easy. Nothing is easy. Don't take the easy path because I promise you, um, you can truly change the world. If you believe you can. Man, man, that's it. That's it. That that was that was perfect. That was perfect, ladies and gentlemen. I had the, just the pleasure, the honor to have Major Walton on. And so, sir, I want to say on behalf of everyone that's listening from uh, the 375th AMC, the Lions Den, and anyone that has ears to 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 hear this, I want to say thank you and um, congratulations on your deployment. Godspeed, right? And be safe and hurry up and come on back. And I am extremely, extremely um positive and 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 i just have a zero doubt that you're going to make change positive change and i know that's gonna be a badass looking bus okay i know it is i know it is you know what i mean i, I wish i was on the bus right because i know it's gonna be great but i want to thank you for taking this time and this opportunity to share your thoughts your passions and your values and what we can honestly see is that you value people and that uh, you, you're not afraid of saying that and so i want to thank you sir i want to thank you so ladies and yeah, my pleasure thank you for having me on there. no man Man, no doubt. No doubt. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure to listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public, where you can subscribe or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, we'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash lionscast check out the book the black collar mindset the art of strategic thinking on amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com a manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable tune in next week for another episode of the lion's den with seth